This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a goal! Mike Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! for Swindon Town as we are knocked out of the EFL Cup in the first round after losing 3-1 on penalties to Cambridge United, having played out a nil-nil draw on Tuesday night. I'm joined by Dan, who was at the game. Hello, Dan. Evening, RPU. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How How is everything? It's been a... I was going to say it's been a while, but I forget who our guests are on a weekly <laughs> basis. Now we do so bloody much. Yeah, um, no, everything, everything's good here. Um... I'm delighted to have been to a live competitive football game and get back into the old routines of long drives, uh, good company, dirty burgers, a few pints and uh, yeah, watching Swindon or England lose on penalties. It's just It just feels right. Oh, it feels just so safe and warm <laughs> being in the loving embrace of misery um oh, before yes. we talk about the football before we talk about the football dan let's let's go to social media conspiracy theories because oh yes this is reading this tweet by calex 3 i've i've thought about nothing else and i've taken this i'm taking this so seriously that i'm going to put some sort of haunting music underneath to really send go. home the conspiracy so you can hear it now ladies and gentlemen okay so calex 3 on twitter observes it can't be just me that's only just noticed. Power was chairman at Swindon Town from 2013 to 2021. 
Swindon Town this season haven't got a kit number from 13 to 21. It might just be me looking into it too much. Well, Calex has, well, he asks, has Clem done this on purpose? It's a remarkable coincidence. Oh, it certainly is. With no prior knowledge, I promise you this, I really, really hope it's true because that's a level of pettiness that also screams attention to detail. Um, and, and that's what I want from my owner of a football club. <laughs> I just I just I just have this wonderful image of like Clem Fooney putting his arms around Steve Hooper and just saying, You make sure no one picks any number between thirteen and twenty one this year, trust me. That's why Liam Kelly and George McEachern didn't sign. They wanted numbers between thirteen and twenty one, it just wasn't tenable. Sorry, lads. And I've got to be honest with you, good riddance to him. <laughs> 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 they can't buy into the conspiracy. This is not the football club for them. This is not. I don't want your Messies or or your or your McEachrans at this club. Oh no no no, none of that. I want people signed up to the conspiracy theory. Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. Well, enough of that. Wonderful work though, Calix Zero Three. Yes, all, well all done. Uh, Swindertown were away at Cambridge United this midweek um, in the EFL Cup. Um, Swindon made various changes, I think seven in total. So there was a debut for Lewis Ward, a return to the first 11 for Akinodomeo. Ellis Iando moved from the centre of midfield to left back. Matthew Baudry stayed in the lineup, but Romani Critchlow joined him in place of Dion Conroy. There was a debut for Lewis Reed at DM, along with a full debut for Ryan East. Uh, the attacking midfielders were Jack Payne, Harry McCurdy, and a start for Harry Parsons, while Tyree Simpson were up, was up front. So, I mean, I spent two episodes sort of starting going, he needs to keep as close to the same 11 as possible. And then it was quite clear during the Scunthorpe game that some of the players, namely Ben Gladwin, I would say, needed to be looked after in terms of how many games he played because he looked exhausted in the stuff that I saw from that game. So I went from, we absolutely shouldn't make any changes to, we should probably make one or two. Ben Garner went with seven. Was that a correct decision? I'm going to say yes. As it happened, we put out a good enough team and played well enough to win the tie. And the fact we didn't win the ties because we didn't stick the ball in the back of the net. But, you know, the flip side of that is we kept a clean sheet. Lewis Ward wasn't tested all night. The closest Cambridge got was a header wide of the near post in the second half. So, yeah, an extremely comfortable in possession performance from Swindon. A bit more cutting edge or a bit more depth up front. And uh, we, we should be eyeing up. I don't know, something like a an Everton at home in the in the second round or something like that. But we're just not very good at the <laughs> EFL Cup first round, are we? It's a remarkable set of stats at Swindon. We've we've won eight opening day league fixtures on the trot now. And you discussed that at length with Connor in the in the last pod. But the flip side of that is we've now lost seven EFL Cup uh first round games on the trot, which tend to be the second fixture of the season. So we clearly are a side that starts brilliantly on uh, Saturdays and then just goes to sleep on the uh, on the first Tuesday. The exception to that being last year, where I think League Cup first round was on a Saturday before the season, wasn't it? So we, we even cocked that one up 
But yeah, curious, curious run. Yeah, I'm sick to death of you reading my notes, to be honest with you, Dan, because it's almost <laughs> word for word. But <laughs> but yeah, an incredibly impressive uh, opening day run, followed by just... Uh, we'll talk about the importance of the Cups a bit later on, but you know, a run would be nice, but given the circumstances, um, maybe um, this year we can give them a bye. Okay, so... It was right decision to rotate. How are we setting up in this in this for this one? Was it the same as against Gunthorpe? Yeah, so um uh, goalkeeper obviously. That's a wise move between the sticks. Uh flat back four. Uh Critchlow being a, a left footer, playing on the left of the two centre halves. Odomeo slotting in at right back. I ha- I had thought it was gonna be a game too early for him, having recently recovered from COVID, but the time he was on the pitch, he looked very accomplished. Um very good on the ball, like Critchlow in that regard. Um, beat the winger several times to the point where the winger dragged him down. I think it was the third time he'd done it and actually got booked. So now uh, it's good to see Odomeo back in. For Iandolo, uh coming back into his more natural position nowadays. At left back, he looked very good. Um, and then uh, Reed and East as your two miniature centre midfielders. Um, the thing I found myself saying to my old man and my friend last night was, you know, they just both look like Luke Williams, centre midfielders, small, technically gifted, very comfortable on the ball. You can give them the ball in tight areas and they'll look after it. Um, but no, um, impressive depth developing in centre midfield for sure. Um, both of them look accomplished players. I, I, w- I didn't hold out much hope for East, given his sort of, you know, history in Reading under 23s but yeah he looks like he's got plenty plenty to work with uh further up the pitch you had McCurdy wide left Payne wide right um Parsons sort of in that attacking midfield position that Gladwin had occupied at Scunthorpe um great for him to get 90 minutes um you know living proof of our new commitment to youth and then uh big Tyrese the unit uh up front leading the line so as as we've touched on it's probably as good a side as you could get out with the rotation you've not risked Gladwin, Conroy, Kessler, Hunt, Grant obviously sitting on the bench um well what do you have to come on for half an hour in the end was it but um yeah all in all a good night for the squad and if there's any lesson we can take from it and I'm sure we'll build on this as we go through the pod you know, we are lacking depth in those forward areas, and that's the areas we need to address in the transfer market to become, you know, from outsiders to very competitive. I would say. Yeah, it's it's an odd one, really. EFL sort of regulations, because how can you make how can you be allowed to make seven changes for an EFL Cup game, which is more important than the EFL trophy? And yet you can only make so many changes on that. And that really is the competition where you want to be playing your, your youngsters and, and so forth. It's That's my first rant of the EFL trophy of the season. There you go. Well done, everyone. You make a good point. I, I can't understand it either. There you go. That's the world we're living in. Did you see uh, the Accrington chairman had a good old rant last night? Um, oh, tell me. On the subject of uh, COVID. I, I don't quite understand why he was so riled if someone does know the full story let us know um but he wrongly assumed he'd be getting some prize money from their uh carabao cup win last night i think they won at um 
Oh, I can't remember now. I've gone blank. They had quite a good win away. And uh, he thought he was pocketing five grand uh, prize money, which would go towards his fine of £7,000 that the EFL had uh, imposed <laughs> on him. And then this morning in a lovely climb down tweet saying, I got it wrong. Sorry, everyone. We don't actually get any prize money. First lot of prize money is at the semi-final stage. <laughs> oh, man. But that's certainly changed. You used to get prize money in this tournament, I'm sure. Well, what's the point otherwise, you know, yeah. to be honest, when you've got to sort of travel? That was a actor Stanley winning at Rotherham, so a good win. Well done Rotherham, to them, mate. but you have to wonder why that guy's in football. He seems to hate it. <laughs> um, well, he's good value on Twitter. Maybe that's why he he's is, in football. Yeah. And he's building a new stand. Maybe he just he likes a project. That's what it's all about. Okay, well, the big news really um, from this game of the fact that we lost um, was it was an injury um, in the first half to Matthew Baldry, a hamstring injury, which no doubt will rule him out for foreseeable. Bitterly disappointing because he seemed to get through the Scunthorpe game very well, but we've banged on all summer about you know, the remaining eight players and how half of them were injury prone and two of them were already out injured. Just look at it objectively. Baldry played well at Scunthorpe and for the 40 minutes he was on the pitch last night, he also played very well. Their big striker, Sam Smith, um, you'd think he would have been going up against Critchlow on size, but it was Baldry that was looking after him and you know, Baldry was winning that battle comfortably. Um, in terms of physicality and aerial ability. So, real shame that he tweaked his hammy. What I would say, I don't think it was a full hamstring tear or anything like that. I think he was taken off as a precaution. There's probably a, a school of thought the first time he sat down on the pitch and got a bit of treatment that they'd try and get him through to half-time. But, um, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, it probably annoys Matthew Baldry more than anyone. You know, as much as it's annoying for us, do you think how frustrating it must be for him? You've still got the ability, you've still got it between the ears, but your body's just letting you down. So I think if he can settle into that fourth centre-half in the squad role as the season goes on, I think he's still going to be a really useful defender to have around behind Conroy, Odomeo, Critchlow, for sure. But that's the issue, isn't it? The issue isn't isn't uh, you know about ability with the guys that no, drop. No, no. You know, it, it really is to do with the injuries and the injuries that they take tend to be quite quite lengthy and it's 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 a tragedy for them and frustrating for us and you know people will instantly go, well Baudry is probably our third, fourth priority centre back, but you know, he could do he could do the proverbial job, but his body is letting him down. Mm. Okay, so... Um... Other thing to say on that, Rich, is just, um, uh, and as much as it's harsh, you'd much rather it was Baudry coming off with a slight hamstring tweak than Conroy. So um, if you're going to put one of them out for the second game in four days, he's put, he, he's played the right one, Ben Garner, as harsh as that might be on Matthew Baudry. Indeed. Okay, well, nearly nil half time and... I mean, the second half following it from afar, it seemed to be quite a quiet one. <laughs> the Swindon Town social media were rep- were replying to questions unrelated to the game, so it couldn't have been <laughs> um, an end-to-end feast of entertainment. Odomeo looked like he had taken an injury just before half-time and he got to the hour mark, but it sounds like he's just got cramp. He, he was replaced, as you said, there by Anthony Grant. But again... More so surprised that he he actually started this game. Well, given that his trial at Portsmouth was cut short because of COVID, 
the impact that would have had on the sort of you know the lack of training he was able to t- undertake. I don't know if he was actually poorly, but you know that must have taken a bit of a toll. Um, but no, I mean again, the time he was on the pitch, he looked very accomplished, um, as well as being you know one of your best centre halves. You've got the option of using him at right back, and I think as we went through last year, you saw his footballing ability start to come to the to the fore. Um, that's something I think with better coaches should carry on to uh, improving, which is it's good for the town. Um, when Grant came on, there was a little bit of a, probably a 10-minute wobble, Cambridge's best spell in the match, just as Critchlow and Grant sort of adjusted to, um, you know, the third centre-back pairing of the night. So, of course, we started with uh, Baudry and Critchlow, then it became Aldermeo and Critchlow, and then it became Critchlow and Grant. Um, but yeah, I mean, even with their best spell of the match, other than a bit of territory and a bit of pressure, you know, other than a header wide and a looped header straight up into the arms of Lewis Ward, you know, it didn't materialise into chances. Whereas right at the start of the second half, Harry McCurdy had a, a wonderful chance, partly gifted by a misplaced uh, crossfield pass from Cambridge. But he then did wonderfully to run at former Swindon defender Lloyd-Jones, who shat himself, um, backpedalling to skip past Jones, skip past another, did everything right. I think if I was going to be ever so slightly critical, I think Rafa De Vita 2011 just rolls that to the back post with the keeper pinned to the spot. McCurdy went for the, the better-looking finish, which was near post, top corner, and it sort of hit the keeper, you know, around the sort of shoulder, chin area. It's a good save, don't get me wrong. And it was on target, so I'm not going to knock McCurdy too much. Uh, but that that was the chance. That was the real guilt-edge chance. In the first half, Simpson played in by Parsons. He had a shot on the turn, which I think if he hits the target, he scores. It was just over the bar. Um, it's quite sharp work from Simpson, though, the, the signs are good. Um, Parsons also played in by Payne. He tried to open his body up and curl it to the to the back post and just spooned it. But um, yeah, while Swindon were the better side, had the better chances, it was only really that McCurdy chance you could say was guilt-edged. Um, later on in the match, as the game got a bit more stretched and Swindon became quite composed on the, the counter-attack. We had a delicious Louis Reed pass um, inside the fullback for Hunt to cross. McCurdy just couldn't get it out of his feet. Sort of ended up, you know, borderline of obstruction, sat sat on the penalty spot, just couldn't get his shot away. Um, yeah, and then other than that, it's sort of a pain shot blocked, a Louis Reed shot over, lots and lots of tired legs out there. The one I really must mention, though, the one I really enjoyed, Anthony Grant went peak Alan McCormack, sort of uh, mm-hmm. picking the ball up on the edge of his own box, dribble, 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 one, two, kept dribbling, got all the way to the edge of the other box and just got a little nudge in the back as he was hitting it. I think it was a foul, but it's one of them because he's got the shot off, the ref's not interested, uh, and it just sort of dribbled into the uh, low to the keeper's right. That would have been a magnificent Leanne and Grant kind of goal. Um, Real uh, buccaneering stuff in the back. Yeah, I, I maintain we were worth the win. I think a 1-0 win would have been absolutely fair. Cambridge did very little on the night with their 
seven changes compared to our six. Um, but yeah, unfortunately they were better prepared and much better on the execution when it came to the penalty shootout. A lovely tour, and I appreciate it all, but you, you had me at DeVita spooned and delicious. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've not focused on any anything other than that. Um, well, I know you love DeVita. I'm just going to chuck DeVita out there. I'm thinking, do you remember a goal at Plymouth? Yes. On the end of about a 16-pass move, and DeVita just, you know, just coolly passed it to the back post. I think if McCurdy had done the same thing, it would have been 1-0. I uh Okay. Um, mentioned Lloyd Jones there. Our good and old friend Adam May also. Uh, I guess he enacted his revenge. How was old Adam? Yeah. Well, not very good. So the game passed him by largely. Um, got a nice yellow card for a very cynical foul to stop a Swindon counter attack. I'm going to take the moral victory. Uh, Cambridge three yellow cards to Swindon Town's none. Um, that will give you an indication of who was on top in the match. Uh, each each Cambridge foul, a very cynical foul to stop a, a, a Swindon attack. But you got to do that, haven't you? Um, yeah, that got him to penalties and it got him got him the win. So uh, good luck, good luck to Cambridge. Without Paul Mullin in the league above, they stopped Oxford from winning on the opening day. So they've uh, they've done us a nice favour that. And the Oxford fans, I must commend the Oxford fans for their creativity. And uh, forward planning, there were some lovely stickers in the gents' toilets at the back of the uh, away end. Um, what was it? Sir Lee Power regards Ox. So, uh, yeah, uh, lovely touch. Stupendously lovely touch and a classy act. Yeah, real class act. A real class act. And also, you know, the unsung hero of that is the cleaning staff at Cambridge United for for not ripping the uh, the the sticker off and just say no this joke's <laughs> got to run and good good for them good, good for, for them university solidarity between cambridge and oxford it's about time penalties didn't go well <laughs> no <laughs> it's an understatement rich yeah we, we we scored one so it's not the worst penalty shootout we've experienced so that's i did see start. was it luton scored none last night they got beat three yeah. nil on penalties yep they join yep. us with the, the barnet disaster of Ugh. 10 plus years ago now um yeah so thanks to lewis reed who scored his but it was no joy for Payne, mccurdy and hunt oh dear and it's, what was interesting about the post-match here is ben garner took responsibility for them not practicing penalties is that a thing really is it just deflecting the issue from the players i mean nobody really cared did they classic champ manager uh put the focus <laughs> back on the uh on the manager um on the one hand Given our truncated preseason, given the flurry of new signings, and you know the amount of coaching work they probably want to do in terms of pure coaching and tactics for the whole season ahead, you can understand it on the one hand. But on the other hand, you know a little twenty or thirty minute session at the end of a training session where you know you have the keepers against a few penalty takers wouldn't have hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, end of the day, you'd put your house on pain. McCurdy was probably our second best bet. That was the chat in the stand anyway. It was always going to be Payne and McCurdy 1-2. After that, you know, you probably were looking at Reed as a sort of talented set-piece taker. It's just, you know, one of those things. Meet off in the Cambridge goal. Um, dive the right way twice. Um, Lewis Ward would have done better if he'd been made of concrete because both for the first two penalties... Would have just hit him uh, halfway up, halfway up his body. But um, 
yeah, the the third Cambridge penalty was superb. No one stopping that one. And uh, and then Hunty uh, did the honours by almost clearing the home end. Perhaps we won't see Rob Hunt take another penalty. Maybe he would be happy to uh, to dodge <laughs> that. Also, Ben Garner talked of his pride at the end of the game for the for the guys' efforts. Lots of players seemingly not playing alongside each other um, before kickoff. Um, there's going to be a couple more weeks of that, or a couple more scenarios of that, I'm sure. But would that be the right assessment from from the manager for this one? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just you know, taking a bit of a finger in the air measurement of the the Sunderland fans as we were leaving Cambridge. Um, the mood was extremely buoyant, really. A very long and loud clap off between fans and players. Um, you know, people knew what they'd just seen. It was a good performance. Um, some players playing for the first time for Swindon Town. Some players like young Harry Parsons, you know, getting their first senior 90 minutes in. And, um, you know, you could see <laughs> Parsons, um, how much he'd put in. Um, and you realise then the jump from youth football and pre-season football to, you know, even a low-key professional cup match. You know, the intensity is so much greater. And Parsons will be much better off for that night minutes uh, the next time he enters the fray, for sure. And, you know, we haven't mentioned him yet, but there was another debutant uh, who got 20 minutes or so uh, in the second half. His surname frustrates the hell out of me because it feels like there should be an L in there and that would make it very easy. Aguilar. How are we pronouncing Ricky's uh, surname? Ricky Aguilar. 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 Okay, so... Aguilar. Okay, we're going to go with Ricky. Um, <laughs> Ricky is signed from Worthing. Seems yes, the mackerel man. Indeed. Seemed very, very popular at Worthing. An interesting one, though, because he's only played for Worthing at senior level, so he hasn't been around and had the, the Ben Gladwin experience of playing for multiple sides in non-league before mm-hmm. arriving here. Um, how did he How did he do? Straight into the squad? Straight- yeah, um, wearing Owen Doyle's number, I mean, very prestigious. Um, mm. No, um, first thing I'd say, just first impressions on looks. Um, <laughs> I mean, other than being quite a handsome chap, um, seen a few tweets saying uh, he's going to go well at Mackenzie's and Tree up in Old Town. Uh, I think I think he may. Well, uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, he's quite a similar build to Parsons. Um, quite slight, but can handle himself. Um, yeah. He, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, sort of played uh, where Parsons had been playing, sort of behind the striker, drifted out to the right a little bit. Parsons sort of went up top to replace Simpson, who's, you know, had his legs saved for the Carlisle game coming up this Saturday. Garner's post-match comments about maybe not getting the the other striker in before Saturday. You can kind of understand why Simpson's mm. been uh, hauled off there. But yeah, Aguilar. Didn't look overawed. Looks like he's got plenty to work with. Um, and I am liking this policy of signing talented, talented non-league players. Um, sort of, you know, early onsets of a kind of, you know, a successful Peterborough model, hopefully, where we take some of these uh, rough diamonds, have the coaching infrastructure in place to help these guys improve, hopefully give them a a better pathway than we have done with youngsters over the last few years. And I was really pleased to hear Ben Garner, I think it's on the Monday night panel, talking about 
you know, the possibility of Swindon having an under-23s or a B team or, you know, having regular development friendlies. Because I think for guys like Parsons, Agua, uh, Dabre, um, who else is in the fold? You know, Calmeadow, Gordon, you know, some of those senior guys in the under-18s, they need games. And the rate of improvement when you play men's football does outstrip what you can do in the under 18s just because you just have to have that physicality you have to you know have that better fitness playing at a higher intensity so hopefully you know even if only one of one in three come off and become a, a sort of first team regular at league two league one level I still think it's quite an exciting policy to follow it's also not an expensive policy to follow uh in terms of their wages so why wouldn't you? Um, and Chorley seems to have good connections in the east, southeast of England. So, yeah, let's do it. You cannot do what they're planning to do without a competitive development side or side in a league. You know, yeah. you can't. There's no point. You know, it's, it's it really is as simple as that. And I imagine Dabre and uh, Gordon and Calmeadow were watching the guys limp off last night going oh for god's sake um i think the cow could have been fed um had it not been injuries i don't think it was the plan to get grant or uh well can i tell you a secret rich oh please do people will be listening though shamelessly for a football nerd like me i thought the game was going to extra time last night so i was thinking oh good we get a fourth sub and i was thinking oh come on get the cow on and then uh a few people around me go, oh, penalties. Who's taking the penalties? I was like, what? I've been robbed yeah. of half an hour's football for £22. Here we go. Go on, say it. I've said my piece. £22 <laughs> for midweek cup ties. Ridiculous price. When at the other end of the pitch, people in the home end are paying 18 And nobody is defending Swindon Town's history of doing this. Oh, but, no. You know, I've, I've... But we wouldn't charge £22 for a midweek cup tie, would we? Against lower league opposition. Not. Yeah. We've got no precedent of doing that in the last no. 15, 20 years. Yeah. Anyway, Unbelievable. it's too expensive, Cambridge. Sort it out. Indeed. Um, okay, well, let's, let's get some uh, listeners' contributions. Only a few to go through. Thank you for those who, who sent me something. Alan Tidy says, decent performance under the circumstances. Definitely the better team in a game against opposition from a higher division and really should have ended our cup curse. Might be a blessing being out of the cup with the current squad size. Optimistic for the season. Can't wait for Saturday. Wardy says, a cup run would have been nice, but considering where we are, the performance was all that matters. If we could pick up an experienced centre-forward to help Simpson, then things are looking good. The lads put a good performance in against a side that got promoted last year. Matty Hale says, it's a shame we haven't gone through, but ultimately it really doesn't matter. Less games to play and there's always the FA Cup. Oh, and that other rubbish cup competition we get put in each year. Minutes in legs and a clean sheet. Swindon Spartan says, if ever there was a good loss, this was it. Baudry injury aside, more than matched a League One side. Lots of players got some much needed minutes and time to gel. A cup run is always nice, so I'm told. But at this stage, the focus is on the league and getting players match 
fit. Next up, Luke Hodgson. Disappointed after the game, but on reflection, a solid performance, clean sheet and plenty of attacking endeavours. Critchlow, man of the match. Simpson and McCurdy had best chances and should have scored. Slightly concerned over Ward's distribution. More experience and prolific forward needed. Next one is from Hannah's. This was nothing but an extension of pre-season. Bloody new faces. Developing fitness and developing some momentum. A clean sheet versus a League One club is not to be sniffed at considering we faced Oblivion just two weeks ago. And finally, Luke M with to go out on penalties to a team a league above is fair enough, but to deliberately not prepare your players to take penalties is a bit too casual for my liking. Disappointed after all the lads' hard work. Okay, so let's... I mean, the general consensus is there is there's a bigger picture at play and I'm relieved and as as elated and everything in between about Swindon Town living to fight another day. I think we need to be understanding as fans throughout the season, but when when can we focus on football and be rationally critical when things don't go to plan with caveats? Because Because, I mean, everyone is right in this. It really is an extension of preseason. This this competition this year it just simply has to be. Um, and I think Luke Hem's point is fair about you know not preparing for penalties, but I think there is that bigger picture. When during this season can we stop sort of talking about? And I'm not saying not talking about, but when during this season can we start being critical without? feeling worried that someone will remind me that we almost went out of business Mm. um, in the summer. Because we are, after all, and I've said this before, we are football fans and everybody is on the same wavelength in in, in terms of gratitude and the fact that we get to go to football on a Saturday and a Tuesday and that's all we want. But also, we're not going to sit there static and go, oh, well, at least we exist forever, are they? No, and um, I I think there is a bit of professional kidology from the people running the club um about expectations this season and we've and we've covered that previously for me i think um given the lack of a, a full pre-season given the late flurry of sign-ins and given that we still want at least you know another first team winger in at least another you know real option up front I think once those two bodies are in and once we get into September and we're on a bit more of a Saturday to Saturday to Saturday to Saturday pattern, being out of the League Cup as much as we wanted to go through, being out of the League Cup helps in that regard. You know, even when we do play Arsenal under 21s at the start of September, that will be a very much changed Swindon side as much as they can change it as per the competition rules, which as you pointed out, Rich, do seem extremely daft. Um, I think, yeah, September, once you've got the full squad in place and once you get into that Saturday to Saturday rhythm, so you've no longer got that excuse for our injury-prone players, you know, playing two games in four days. Once you're into that, you know, Saturday, 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 that's when I think we can be, well, you know, critical sounds... Like a bad word, but mm, no. um, yeah, I, I think our expectations can be fairly, fairly okay this year. Um, just look at the caliber of midfielder available to us. Look at the batch of so, centre halves we've um, accrued. 
look at a couple of the young loanies, how they've played so far. Um, and given the recruitment we've done so far, uh, the standard of it, even with embargoes and wage caps and you know restricted lengths of contract, whatever, we are attracting a very good calibre of player. And so there's no reason to think that if we do get a winger and a striker in the next week, that they are also going to be of a good standard. So I'm quietly hopeful. I've seen some very good football last night. Um, I've heard some great things from Scunthorpe. Um, we've got some match winners there in the shape of Payne, Gladwin, McCurdy, Simpson, you know, barreling through defences. Yeah. It's not... You're allowed to be you're allowed to be hopeful, town fans. Judge it on the quality of player in front of you. I think from September onwards, I think we're gonna go well. Yeah, and I, and I do agree with that. And I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not being critical for for an EFL Cup exit. But I, I, you know, this podcast will be you know terribly dull if we just go for every game going well. Ho hum, we almost went out of business last <laughs> year. So you know, the other thing to say, such is the nature of the transfer windows now. Um, regardless of what's happened off field, come the end of August, 95% of your squad's in place, right? Yeah. You might have a, the odd curious situation where, I don't know, the two keepers clatter into each other in training and you get an emergency loan in. But other than that, that's your squad. And given that we are putting so much focus into off field, you know, coaching in terms of personnel, you know, um, professionalism in terms of strength and conditioning, nutrition, um, physiotherapy. Um, I, I, I see no reason again why things won't improve and flourish, and some of those players with an injury-prone past can't be really well looked after, um, which would just be the absolute polar polar opposite from last year. Thank God. <laughs> Who's exciting you the most at the moment? Oh, I love a winger. Me, I love an old-school winger. I love McCurdy. He does it for me. Uh, Pacey, unpredictable. No matter how many times he gets it wrong, he'll keep running at the guy. Uh, And albeit, I've only seen two games. But um, yeah, I think his unpredictability will be an asset amongst um, a lot of very good technical footballers like Payne, Gladwin, um, Reid, who are much more Rolls-Royce I think McCurdy's, you know, hair flopping all over the place and arms and legs uh, flicking as he skips down the wing. I think that will be very handy. Um, I think once Simpson gets his head around league football, given his physical attributes, that could be a very exciting player to watch develop. I think he's going to have bad halves. He's going to have bad games, but he's also going to have games where... You know, centre half is going to be coming off that pitch at the end of the match, thinking, "Christ, I hope <laughs> this guy don't play in League Two again." Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just the depth in midfield, having that um, batch of, you know, very good centre halves. I think what I've seen, you know, any of those centre halves could play, and Swindon could go well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a small squad but it's packed full of quality right now with a sprinkling of 
future gems to polish. Bit of recruitment to come. I'm um, I'm really pleased. Really pleased to be looking at purely football again. Oh yes, and uh, and I'm pleased that you're pleased. Thanks, um, we're gonna, you know, all going well. We'll have a uh, we'll have a presser with Ryan coming up. But Carlisle is next for Swindon. Mm-hmm. Um, fans at the county grounds. A new era. Tifos by the uh, Great Western Reds. Should be a good day. Oh, it's a homecoming, well and truly. For the fans, for those players who stuck around, the Grateful Eight, um, for all the staff at Swindon Town who, you know, have kept the club going through the summer, for the volunteers who swept the stands, for the people from the supporters club who've gone in and packaged and printed and dispatched shirts for, you know, just, oh, it's just going to be a super, super day. Part of me is doing the rain dance. Because uh, for me to be there, I need uh, a cricket game to be rained off. So if you'd join me, Swindon fans, in doing the rain dance, I'd love to be there with you. <laughs> I hope, and I hope, I hope, I hope town milk it. I hope Morfoonies out there at 10 to 3. Waving at the ground, you know, we've got the roll call at quarter to three, which is always, you know, whilst you know, extremely sobering, it's also such a stark reminder of why we get into football and why we love football. It's that generation to generation passing on of love from grandparents to sons to their sons. Um, yeah, just come on. Let's, let's, let's really hope... The uh, the town responds and we get something upwards of nine nine and a half of perhaps dream of dream of ten thousand and uh, let's let's see those season ticket figures flying up uh, later this week because um, that's that's exciting too just watching those numbers swell um, yeah the what an opportunity for Sunday Town to keep riding the wave a rain dance and a battle cry. Dan, <laughs> lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. Cheers, everyone. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.